Hello, and welcome back to another exciting episode of The Alchemist Club. I'm Joe, your host, and your Dungeon Master for another thrilling D&D adventure. Joining me here today, we have... Daniel, playing Jedley. Hey, Hall, playing Desmond. I'm Zach, and I play Falrock. I'm Matt, and I play Leolin. Waffle, playing Tarjax Heiko. We have two letters, uh, one of which I'm going to read now, one of which I'm going to read before the next uh, episode that we record ooh, tonight. Ooh, trickling them out. <clears throat> Yes. Keeping them interested, I see. Behind the scenes action here. Uh, This letter here is another (laughs) what if. And I want to I want to clarify uh, for both you and the audience that the subject of this email is Mecha Falrock Theories. (laughs) And it has been mailed out from from the email address mechafallrocktheories at gmail dot (laughs) com. I love you. Oh Whoever God. you are, you, oh you are now my favorite person. Click. My seatbelt is on. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> I hope you got a fucking five-point harness, because here we go. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm ready. Letter <laughs> reads, Hi, Alchemist Club. Obligatory longtime listener, first-time poster. Since oh, the re- continuation... Hello. I, right? Hello. Uh, since the... Continuation of wedding festivities is up in the air. I'd like to share my fan theories about Mechafalrock and the inevitable crossover <laughs> into canon. Here we go. Uh, the gang is gathered around the bride and groom on a small hill with Teliferous looming in the background. Desmond is leading the nuptials and Terrajux is the maid of honor. That yeah! Skeptical. Ched, after narrowly, narrowly losing the air acrobatics tourney to determine the maid of honor, has a special position invented for him so he doesn't feel <laughs> left out, uh, named Viceroy of Ceremonies. Uh, he employs his cacophony of bears as ushers and to ensure that the more rowdy guests like the iconoclast stay in line. Leyland spends most of his time in the shadows guarding the wedding cake from Desmond and ensuring everyone has signed the wedding book. <laughs> Everything goes smoothly right up until the exchanging of vows. Falrock begins to recite his oath, but at that moment, an electrical storm erupts in aisle 3E and blows everyone in a 15-foot square prone. From the scene, a cybernetic dwarf emerges, and in his best Austrian <laughs> accent shouts, Get out! Move away! Naturally, Falrock grabs his bride-to-be to protect her, but he has to bring her in close. A small bomb that has been planted inside her abdomen is detonated. What? Separating her from the lower portion of her body, Phantom Menace style. Abject horror washes over Falrak and my eyes as life uh, starts to drain away from Amber. With the quick thinking of Ched and Desmond, they are able to miraculously, thanks Aquila, stabilize her and put her in a cryogenic state in the Upgrade Forge until they can get to Hobstonopolis <laughs> and seek oh, the help of the gnomes. Oh my god! What oh a person in the Upgrade Forge. <laughs> Meanwhile, well, half a person. Yeah. Meanwhile, Leolin and the Iconoclasts apprehend the cybernetic dwarf and take him to be interrogated. After a scrutinizing interrogation, the cybernetic dwarf is revealed to be none other than Farrakh's son, Mecha Farrakh Jr. Oh my god! <laughs> He goes on to explain that time travel, he was able to time travel with the help of the gnomes to go back in time and try to warn his parents about the implanted bomb before it could be detonated. Amber was in fact able to be saved and given prosthetic limbs a la Darth Maul, but Farrakh never forgave himself for the incident and gave up adventuring in a direct way, deciding to instead support others with Hopstonopolis tech for the rest of the group. 
Amber and Falrock were, many years after the incident, able to set aside their trauma and pain and eventually officially married, having a son, Mecha Falrock Jr., who was born not too long after. The physicians of Hopsinopolis surmising that the cybernetic implant, cybernetics implanted in the mother, plus the hatchling blood from the father, mixed and caused the cybernetic enhancements of the son. You're not my favorite person anymore. Wait, wait I'm not done yet. Gmail.com. Hang on. This You're not my favorite person anymore. On accident? Mecha Farrock Jr., after learning of these events when he was older, decided that even if it meant jeopardizing his own existence, he was willing to go back in time and try to save his mother from bomb from bomb implanted inside her. Holy shit. That's my Mecha Farrock headcanon. I set up a Gmail for others to send in their Mecha Farrock headcanon <laughs> as well. Anyone who wants to send in theories to theories at gmail.com, I'll be sure to pass them along to the Alchemist Club. Sincerely, a Mecha Farrock superfan. Mecca, Mecca you are you Farrock are not my Jr. favorite person anymore. <laughs> Mecca oh Jr. did not learn the first rule of time travel. You can't change the past. Well, I mean, you just got to try really hard. And believe in okay. yourself. So, oh my god. So I got to clarify a few things for my own understanding here. So first of all, <laughs> when, when we are speaking of Mecca Falrock, is there a Mecha Falrock and then also a Mecha Falrock Jr.? Or is it a thing where Mecha Falrock is revealed to be the son of Falrock? I believe that, that was, that's the, the uh, yeah, that's what's going okay. on in this letter. I fucking love that, because that's a super cool twist that I did not see coming. Um, what is going on with Tarajux in this dark timeline? Uh, I feel like that's, that's there's, what you're about. there's a lot of... <laughs> unanswered questions there um there was an explosion of lightning and then my name did not immediately follow and i was a little bit disappointed um nine out of ten <laughs> ten out of ten with lightning <laughs> no that, seriously though that's like amazing can we can we do that one shot no <laughs> god no incredible Absolutely incredible. Love the wedding scene. Love the implication that even now there is a bomb ticking away in Amber and we are blissfully unaware. Nobody Love the idea of putting someone in the upgrade forge. <laughs> I, above all else, holy shit, the idea that Mecha Falrock, Falrock Jr., Mecha Falrock, has cybernetic implants like not on purpose like the no, I, part just arose out of nothing i want to amazing i want to emphasize the idea of genetically heritable cybernetics <laughs> yes yeah, yeah there's a lot to digest there. holy shit so good so uh, thank you uh mecca farrock yeah, super fan nothing <sighs> can happen with hatchling blood yes right Oh god, I hope not. Blood. That yeah, was a look, trip. If, if Steinar Silverforge can turn into a partial robot, anything goes. Yep. Right. Amazing. Okay. That was that was an adventure. Uh thank you, Mechafarrock Superfan, for uh writing in. I guess we'll see if we get any other Mechafarrock <laughs> fan theories. <laughs> I feel see this this puts me in a difficult position as a dungeon master because like I have to I have to weigh the odds of never putting Mecha Falrock into the campaign <laughs> and keeping it pure or catering to peer pressure. 
and <laughs> inserting him into this campaign somewhere. You have to like Venmo this guy like twenty cents for taking his idea. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, we're gonna have to pay royalties. <laughs> we don't even make. We'll be down. Yeah, they'll, they'll have to we're pay us. Yeah. Here's the thing. I I need this Mechafarok superfan to remind us of which one of us actually came up with the concept of Mechafarok because I'm pretty sure it wasn't me. Uh, and I'm like, I'm 98 sure it was Waffle. I, I was gonna say like, if it's statistically, if it's some <laughs> dumb bullshit, I probably had a hand in it. Yeah, <laughs> Waffle or me, I can't remember, but I, it's, I, it's I, the thing, I it's like, those, like, those are my it. options. Uh -huh. yeah. But it's like, I, I don't think I did. I think I've just run with it this far. And it's like, yeah. I don't know if I should keep running with it. If this is the, if Amber dying and becoming cybernetic is genetically enhanced. She didn't die. Uh, died. Yeah, but she lost her legs. Yeah, and Falrock, it's like, um... <sighs> It's like sometimes, even if you know that there's pain ahead in the future, you know that there's also a lot of happiness and joy, and you have to stick to that future with all the ups and all the downs. Okay, but what if there could be a better future without that, though? I see Joe vigorously deleting his entire <laughs> <laughs> Just erasing the Google Doc. Yep. Every suspiciously silent pause is just Joe backspacing furiously. Yeah, no, control A, backspace, then I switch to the email, control E, control C, control V. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Amazing. <laughs> Alright. So that so, was our, our first fan letter. Oh, um, so we're man. like on Teliferous or something, right? Yeah, who wants... It, for our audience sake, it's been like three oh. weeks since we've recorded, so this session might be a little silly. It'll probably be a little on the shorter side, but I promise the next one will be good. <laughs> yeah, so we're on Teliferous. Yep. We're, it, it's the day after Falrock got super drunk. Yep. And had a heart-to-heart -heart with Amber. Yep. And realized they probably shouldn't be married right now. But hey, maybe one day. Um, and yeah, we're going to go do a raid. Because yes. everyone's got a lot of uh, anxious energy. Because our first raid worked, but then failed. And then worked again. And now there's a king dead. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we we've got a lot of issues to work out. And we want to just go blow stuff up. So yeah. yeah. We're going to do a raid. Um, so I vaguely recall that I gave everyone like an ultimatum to get all their uh, sad boy hours done by like <laughs> noon. And then we were leaving. So yeah. Sad yeah, boy like hours. <laughs> Farrakh and yep. Amber were just leaving for dinner. And I'm presuming the dinner was nice. And unless there's other stuff we have to do overnight, I'm good to go. Yeah, everybody wanna, like, swap your mixtapes. Like an apology note with Stonies or something before we go. Like just I. Um, the idea thing. of a fruit basket was floated. Yeah. yeah. I I think yeah. we definitely need to make uh, reparations towards Stony's Pizza. Um, Stony has been there for us so many times in the past that I think it's only right that we that oh, we do right so by Stony. So many times we've been there like <laughs> twice. Okay, like no. three times. That's that's like two or three times more than any other place has been there for us. Okay, so. all right, fair, fair. You also you spent longer in Diangaya than 
actually happened on mic, right? Like, you guys were yeah. there for a few weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Presumably, um, you did not, like, take up home cooking necessarily while you were there. There was probably some takeout. Yeah. <clears throat> you can't have pancakes for every meal. It's just not healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, I think um, we'll have arranged for a, a tasteful fruit basket for Stony. Um what, did, Just, what like we got in an argument there, but like what did we actually do? Leolin pulled gun. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he Leyland... drew a gun on Terra Leolin <laughs> did draw a gun on I, I think it was more at Desmond, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was definitely Desmond. Because that's when he revealed about the whole right. Either way. That was the episode before. Stoney's is a family establishment. You can't yeah. be doing exactly. that shit there. Exactly. Um, uh, so yeah, we're guess... we smooth that over. What kind of fruit baskets uh, do the dwarves uh, have sent? Yeah, I, um, I defer to all sapphires laying around. This is just, like, this is the setup for a joke. Too. Like, there's there. like, one sapphire left that can just be popped into the basket. They're stone fruits. God damn it! <laughs> I've been sitting here disappointed ever since you started that. <laughs> Look, yeah. I get to exercise my botany. Okay, <laughs> let me have this. <laughs> All right. You send you send Stoney's uh, a fruit basket. Leyland sneaks a sapphire in. Hopefully, nobody breaks a tooth on it. Um, so yeah, uh, you. I mean, unless you go and like talk to Stoney afterwards, you're not going to know how that was received. Yeah, I think um, I think we both need some distance from each other right now. Um, Oof. Just... Yeah. <laughs> we really need to get thrown out of Hopstana or where we're at again yeah. twice. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. So, so you send yeah. the fruit basket, and then I think uh, we we go through our ranks of dwarves and we do like a a proper background check, zone of truth. We make sure that for the ones who want to stay aboard for this next leg of our journey. Uh, the the, the important cool. operator thing is we force them to fail the save. Yes. Um, so, With my like, crossbow honed on them. The way that works is um, Desmond casts the zone, and then I hold up a pen, and I tell them... Uh, <laughs> I write to demonstrate that the pen is red, and then I tell them to tell me that the pen is blue. You guys, you, you know that Desmond knows whether they succeed their save or not, right? Yeah, but it's funnier this way. That's fair. I mean, Desmond probably lets you do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would tell it's you like afterwards. I was like, great plan, Terra Jokes. But I knew the entire time. I just really wanted to do this bonding experience with you. Yeah. <laughs> From now on, you're going to tell us when you fail, you silly asshole. <laughs> Damn. I will, as long as I remember that. <laughs> Desmond does um, have a history of memory troubles. And then uh, once we've got our, our core group of dwarves and, you know, we've got tasks assigned and everything, um, we're going to probably, like, uh, we probably have a mushroom that we have to take over to the mainland at some point. But um, basically we swing by the Duke's secretary and leave a note that's like, hey, we're going to be out of town for a little bit. You can contact us at this sending address um let us know if there's any emergencies uh we'll be leaving in like two hours 
okay. Uh, the secretary reads over the note and is like, okay, I'll I'll pass this along. I don't first. Well, the duke is going to be like, man, there's you killed the king, my friends. There's there's a lot going on. Yeah, super busy. <laughs> well, yeah, but we just we've... wanted to leave our contact info. So yeah, You're... it's probably best if we lay low. So I mean, mm-hmm. we didn't kill the king. He kind of killed himself. Chad raises a very good point. Thank you, Chad. Um, I don't feel responsible for him. We need to talk to Barian and the rest of the class about what happened. What, there. what the fuck especially, is going on? Yeah. Especially with mm-hmm. the fact that the true church kind of had it all planned out and this new high level person that they have. Yeah. That, you know. Okay. Thought um, that uh, Steinar was a high level person and apparently not. Final thing I'll say is um, if anyone has any ideas for how we might take a True Church member alive, um, that's not immediate concern, but it is kind of like always on the back burner now. So mm-hmm. it's and like it's like a figure out that they are a True Church member and hopefully before they're right about to capture us or kill us or kill <laughs> themselves or themselves. Yes. Wait, here, I've got an idea. Uh, write with a red pen. And then force them to tell you it's blue. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we'll figure something out, I'm sure. But just if if anybody is like, oh, I thought of a really cool way we could use this magic item to prevent them from e- exploding, <laughs> I would love to hear it. Exploding, we're... teleporting away, committing suicide. Yeah. yeah. Cyanide yeah. pills in the tooth. Yeah. <sighs> Turning into a swarm of locusts, uh, evaporating hey. into the dreamscape. None of them have uh, done those things yet. Teleporting. <laughs> Frantically because... deleting things. <laughs> <laughs> Becoming one with the concept of mathematics. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Erky Bafflestone wasn't that far along, and he wasn't in the true church anyway. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't. Maybe Barry and we'll have some ideas. They could, yeah. Um, we you know, just be able to do that. Uh, so when I contacted uh, Barry and Yeldrin, did he want to meet in person at the Iconoclast headquarters, or did we just receive like coordinates and a? You a have not yet contacted count? Barry and Yeldrin. You talked oh. to Angloria. Ah, uh, I do that then. Um, <clears throat> I explained to Barry and our rough whereabouts and our desire to uh, assist him with that uh, grocery trip that he mentioned uh, several weeks ago and uh, our our willingness to do anything to get those Black Friday sales. <laughs> uh-huh. Don't forget the coupons. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, I ask, uh, if we're carpooling or if we should meet him at the supermarket. (laughs) Uh, all he sends back is a location. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Uh, like latitude and longitude or like the name of a town? Latitude and longitude. Cool. I cross-reference this with our map. Where are we headed? You are headed to the borders of Sildal. Oh boy! Uh, oh boy! Lock and load, everybody! <laughs> da da da! Um, and then I pile everybody into Teleferis and we leave. 
Okay. Uh, you take off. It's about a like eighteen hour trip um, okay. to get from Diangaya to the southern border of Sildal. Lyle's I... just manning the guns the whole time. Yep, I've got the cloud camouflage engaged. Uh, we briefly call a meeting, and I give like, because now we've got like a crew, so we need to keep them informed of what's happening. And um, before the crew comes in, and it's just the the blood brothers, um, we're we're all convened there on the bridge, and I go, okay, so how much are we actually telling these dwarves we have aboard about like? the ramifications of the true church and like the gods and all of that. Like how much do they need to know really enough not to turn on us, but not so much that they get smoked. Yes. Okay. If they're <laughs> captured, how much would you want them to be able to tell? That's well, I ideally zero, but I also understand that not everybody is, uh, <laughs> trained in the same way that I am to... Okay, okay uh, you can put them through um, anti, <laughs> anti-interrogation techniques. I'll get, <laughs> I got the, I'll get the board, and you get the towel. <laughs> Wait, I guess Desmond couldn't be waterboarded, now that I think about no, it. Nope. No idea. <laughs> nope. Sure couldn't. Incredible. I um, help them mend Desmond and Leyland's relationship, so... Yeah, yeah, it's just like a stress release activity for Leyland, but Desmond's just like, oh, this is fine. It's like a spa day. Yeah. It's got cucumbers on. Do I need to pretend to gargle now? <laughs> <laughs> what do I need to do to make this work for you? <laughs> um, I, I bring in the rest of the crew, and I explain that we are going to be... Uh, executing a precision strike against a um, an enemy base, uh, the occupants of which are uh, associated with the group that is responsible for the death of the Dwarven King and countless other innocent lives throughout uh, possibly the centuries. Uh, who knows how long. Um, group Luna they... was apparently look- working for. They are uh, a wily and mysterious group, and we hope to uh, unravel some of their mystery by uh, beating it out of their carcasses. Um, just, you know, be on your toes. Uh, remember your, um, like, call and answer, like, code phrases, and, um, like, when in doubt, let the bees handle it to say like i don't think we want them leaving the ship for this. no 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 but if there is some weird freak incident where they do have to leave the ship um you know basically expect that anybody could be part of this group uh we are going Stay to be in Paris. we are going to be in hostile territory um you know keep uh keep the eyes in the back of your head open volunteer to go with terrajux <laughs> stay stay in pairs like yep. don't 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 be alone and uh if everything goes great we should have to do very little hand-to-hand combat uh this baby and i slap the side of teliferous should do most of the work uh that said plans seldom go as expected especially 
uh, when dealing with, with the true church. I, w- I was going <laughs> to say when dealing with the true church. <laughs> but uh-huh. yes, also with us. Look, look, these dwarves have seen us in action. They get it. They understand that we are highly effective, but also highly chaotic. I mean, technically, everything they saw us do was pretty well done. Yeah, we were great. Like, mm-hmm. they, if anything, they're like, ah, now you guys are selling yourselves short. And then they're going to see us in a real crisis situation <laughs> and be like, oh, this yeah. is what they warned us about. Yeah. Um, One of the dwarves raises his hand. Yes. Oh, um, that's that's great. Do we have to wear the heart and the star, or <laughs> is that? No. Can we wipe that off? Five six. Why? When did you get time to put this on them? That's a, that's a <laughs> jux thing. No, wipe we are it off. It's fine. It's it for means Tarzan has accepted you, but you Aww. don't. You don't have to have it. We are not Juxian militants. It gives them extra prowess in battle. This is this is the last time I'm letting you do orientation. <laughs> About half of them wipe off the Juxian war paint. Just half? That's pretty good. That's a pretty good conversion rate. That's a pretty good conversion rate, honestly. Um, uh, yeah, I, I gave them the whole spiel about how um, the the star represents, you know, the indomitable might of the cosmos, and the heart is the you know viscera of their enemies. Um, it's uh, it's great. It's gonna be great. Everyone's gonna have a great time on this field trip. <laughs> Except the people who die. <laughs> <laughs> Except the people below us. Yes. All right, uh, Leyland, you're gonna be on guns, yes? Or how do we want to do this? That, that's fine. I just didn't know if we heard. Like, are we here? Have we seen or heard anything from Barian yet? No, not yet. I'm thinking. Uh, it might be good to do some, uh, Eagle One Recon, Ched, if you're up to it. Yeah, like, what do we see? Well, we're, we're not there yeah, yet. We're, like, we're a couple uh, hours out still, and I'm thinking, like, Ched could fly ahead, and then we could, um, we could get a little bit of intel before we draw closer to maybe figure out, like, where's a good place to land Teliferous and Rendezvous and, uh... Because we want to meet up with Barian before we go in guns blazing. Yes. <clears throat> and that will be necessary because you don't know where you're going. Yeah. Well, we have coordinates and I figured like we would just look at the closest man-made structure and level it. But that's plan B. Um, okay. Our Chet, are you going to scout ahead? Yes. Okay. Uh, how close do you wait to get before you exit for your scouting of the 18 hour trip when do you exit to to scout looks like an hour left okay either one you are cleared for takeoff over oh god it's back <laughs> <laughs> this is eagle one taking off and uh so chad goes up to the the upper deck um to the top of the teleferous and Jumps off, flies. We're going north, northeast, northwest, yeah, northwestish, kind of northwesty, north northwest. Okay, okay. going <laughs> north northwest. Um, flying ahead of the Teliferous to find a spot to park. All right, so you swoop on ahead, um, and 
arrive at the the point designated by Barian, which is a little like rocky ledge um, that is surrounded for miles and miles in every direction by quaint, uh, lightly forested uh, rolling hills. And you can see sitting on this rocky ledge a single figure dangling his legs off and um, just sort of looking cool. Uh, can I tell who it is from here? Make How? a perception check. Okay. We're rolling dice. Ooh, <laughs> net 20. It's very mm. Okay. Um... So I fly down to meet him. Okay. <clears throat> he uh he raises a hand as like a sup kind of thing uh, as you land. God, he's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> and, like very stiffly returns the sup. Uh huh. So... Um. Says, "Hey, we're looking for a place to put the tree ship." Um. Oh, you don't you don't need to park here. You just you're picking me up, and then we're gonna go on the. And he holds up air quotes grocery trip okay uh. yeah got it and I'm like i wink um and uh i guess i'm gonna go back to the ship and just let them know i found you or i'll i'll fly up and just keep an eye out for the ship and just flag them down when they get close okay <clears throat> uh teliferous arrives about 45 minutes later Eagle One, I read your location. What is your status? Over. So did you send me a sending message? Yeah, we we have the we have those stones. Okay. Um, I found Barian. Uh, we're actually not going to be parking here. He's taking us somewhere else. Roger that. Coming in for approach. Over. You're quick. And uh, I I instead of landing, I swing Teliferous down like skimming along the side of the cliff so they can hop on. Yeah. Varian like you don't even you don't even get a chance to stop. He just like backflips up onto yeah. Teleferus. <sighs> <sighs> I almost I almost crashed the ship because he like backflips onto the balcony of the bridge and I turn I'm like, oh cool <laughs> and it just like scrapes against the rocks a little after like, oh shit. Um so yeah. Um Barian, you have acquired one Barian Yeldrin. He is on board. All right. And I uh, give him a wave and I say, <clears throat> where to? He looks around the bridge and he's like, hey, you got a crew finally. Yeah, we find some people that don't want to kill us. Crazy, right? <laughs> I, that's a, it's a rare gift. Well, most of the crew we had found didn't want to. <laughs> yeah. I, let's... Quickly, I want to fill him in on what happened and, uh, uh, you know, with the dwarves and whatnot. And he, Luna, specifically. Yes. He is Steiner. uncharacteristically, like, serious about this. He's like, wow, that's some that's some bad juju. Shadows, yeah, huh? kind of sucked. Yeah, I've been trying to get Leyland to stretch his shadow, but he can't even move his arm yet. Use it on you one day. Don't worry, doesn't <laughs> You, you know just, what? You have to make him, it. <laughs> make him real angry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Varian says, I don't know that we have anybody on record as having weird shadowmancy powers, but I can uh, have the iconoclasts look into it. Anyway, uh, we're, we're... My concern, my morph those, they knew our whole plan. They knew we were coming. Like, Luna knew how to infiltrate us. Like, I don't know. I mean, who knows? They might even know we're coming right now with this. So... I'm just saying we gotta be ready. That's valid. Well, it's always you should always be careful when you're planning a uh, a demolitions run. He says with a yeah. A and honestly, I'm looking forward to seeing what this baby can do. <laughs> well, um, that that won't be an issue. We might not be able to give you the full rotation, uh, the the full seasonal special, but. At the very least, uh, you'll be able to see Leyland quite spectacularly. I don't know. Might get some fall rock in there, too. True. Depends on whether or not we're dealing with a hard structure. Hey, uh, Barian, what is our target? All right. So uh, we are going to... There is uh, a few hours away from here a True Church training compound that is cleverly oh. disguised as Ooh. an ordinary village. Uh, quiet, out-of-the-way, agrarian sort of town. Um, to my knowledge, minimal underground tunnels. Most of it's on the surface. <clears throat> and uh, it, it used to be like a proper village, and then it was abandoned for some reason, and then the True Church moved in because it's just out of the way and difficult to get to. Mm-hmm. And they've been using it to train and indoctrinate new recruits. Cool. We're going to burn it to the ground. What's the name of the town? Can I put the fire out when we're done? I raise my hand. (laughs) If that makes you feel better. Okay. (laughs) Is there any chance we could swoop down and try to at least take one person hostage? I mean, your funeral, if you want to do that. I I don't know that it's a good idea. Specifically, um, we're trying to locate and take alive somebody with the cipher the magic one um it's uh for uh, something uh, like a side project that we're working on oh that's gonna be tricky because yes. they have it split up right so there's the the big cipher and then it's split up into smaller subsections that are less and less useful as you go down the command ranks right and he uh starts like drawing this diagram in the air with his hands. He's like, so Mm -hmm. people up at the top, they have the full cipher. They can translate any documents written with the true church cipher, but you, and then you have the sub lieutenants who have a subset and letters going to them are in a code that can be translated with that particular section of the cipher, but it's not the full deal. So they can differentiate between individual cells. And then Hmm. People under them have an even smaller version of the cipher that the lieutenants have, and so on and so forth, down to the initiates who typically don't even have one at all. Right. So if you want the whole shebang, you're going to need somebody pretty high up the ranks. Or we could get multiple middling ranks uh, members, and then just take the ciphers to a cryptographer. The ciphers are made, won't they switch them? Well, well, they... Nobody's ever cracked the true, true Church cipher before because it's such an intricate system and because it's magically implanted directly into the brains of people who would die oh. when captured. Yeah, that's the tricky part, really. 
because we've I mean, yeah, I agree with Chad. We should be capturing, like, multiple lower-ranked people because we regularly get our asses thrashed by high-level, high-ranking members. But um, does do the Iconoclast have any idea how to uh, prevent them from just exploding or otherwise rendering their, you know, head material inert? We could put them in the Upgrade Forge. We could put him in the upgrade forge. <laughs> well, that's uh, not really my area of expertise. I'm mostly concerned with the whole smash and burn. And sure. Gloria, though, she likes to try and interrogate them because, you know, she's looking for her brother. Yeah. So she might that's have some cool. ideas on that front. Yeah, how's she been? Busy. She's always busy, you know, chasing down new leads or working on her side projects. She's very private nope. about her personal life. We have no idea... You know, sort of what she does other than this. Yeah, Question. yeah. You She's said this is a training like facility for indoctrination and all that. No concern that this would be a place that her brother could have ended up? Oh, no. If if they indoctrinated him, it was years ago, and he is long gone uh, from this okay. facility. Do we know the nature, uh, or, or do you, I guess, know the nature of the this spell that kills them when they get caught or effect that kills them when they get caught <clears throat> i think like, is it... it a curse is it an enchantment is it something that's implanted into them honestly i think it varies from cell to cell i think oh. the people yeah, in charge we've, like to we've uh... had guys like explode on us but we've also had people just like stab themselves in the throat because so. we could like greater restoration somebody, or if somebody kills themselves, we could try and reincarnate them. You do know, they have to be willing for that. Yes, they do, but do. if if there's a if there's a mind control aspect to being part of the true church, maybe it's lifted oh, on death. Oh, like maybe it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, we could tell them we have donuts if we if they let us. Uh, <laughs> hey, this is a uh, true church um, official true church reincarnation. Uh, we're trying to bring you back. You're really important to the mission. Um, <laughs> The best phrase is Tropicana. Say yes. <laughs> okay, so actually, so the only information they get from the Resurrector, the Resurrectee gets from the Resurrector, they get their alignment and do they even get their name? I think they just get their alignment, right? I'm I'm looking this up oh. because lying yeah. lying to somebody that you are trying to resurrect <laughs> is, has never occurred to me. <laughs> so... Even if it's like, <laughs> you realize that if, if we open this can of worms, like it's not going to go well. This no, but will it's be, be used, hilarious. This will be used against us. This look, all I'm hearing are more ways for you guys to have to fight an evil indoctrinated Tarjux. So, yeah. oh god, <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't say under resurrection. Um whether or not the resurrectee gets any information just that the soul has to be free and willing to come back hmm if they yeah, decided we... to kill themselves i don't think they'd be free and willing to come back yeah you would have to like you would have to do something where you stage it like as they are killing themselves to be like they've been cornered and the people that are about to the people that are causing them to kill themselves are about to be themselves killed 
and then they can reasonably assume, oh, I'm being resurrected by my buddies after they've cleared I, everybody out. I think out. you just kill them and then resurrect them and making them think they are being resurrected by... I, like, I don't even think I you give them the money. chance to want yeah. to kill themselves. You yeah, at that point, problem. like... Yes, of course, the money. <laughs> get the drop on them, blow them the fuck up, and then, like... Yeah, do a full inspection, remove all the curses and all the cyanide pills, and then roll the dice on whether or not they are willing to come back. <laughs> Anyways, that's a discussion for another day, but I think it's a very interesting one. Yeah. Uh, Barion says, twiddling twiddling a finger, and he points outside, and he says, look, there's our target. And indeed, there is a, a little town on the horizon that is uh, not near anywhere else that is on your maps. Um, there is a road leading into town, but it looks like just like maybe a dozen buildings and some farm fields and people uh, wearing, you know, sackcloth clothes wandering about. I really, really hope Barion isn't about to trick us into murdering an entire <laughs> town full of innocent people. <laughs> 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 Here Barry, we go. <laughs> Barry and Silda wouldn't like be uh getting wind of any of this, right? Before we uh start blowing this all up. Silda already hates us. It's fine. Yeah, I think they would hate us a lot more if we just blew up a town right on their borders. God, would they though? I feel like elves those elves in particular, <laughs> like the stuffy council, care more about their tree than their people. Maybe that's just me. Soldal like, isn't overly concerned with things happening outside the borders right now. Is something happening in Soldal? Not that I'm allowed to tell you about. He says oh. with a wink. <laughs> Why aren't you allowed to tell us? Because technically I am a member of that stuffy old council. Yeah, but you're a cool one. Thanks, he says. Uh, okay. I turn and I gesture dramatically i say all crew general quarters battle stations i'm gonna go activate the cloud thing and then i throw myself off the balcony <laughs> so so what he's saying though basically is that we're licensed to do this now yeah absolutely <laughs> open open fire full full <laughs> weapons state sanctioned oh. violence Honestly, this yeah. battle station is it's fully just, armed and operational we're just blowing this whole place up fall rock's <laughs> probably better suited for it I don't think we're going for precision, so... True. Alright. I get on uh, I, I step out of the chair and just like, you know, like, after you. <laughs> um, so I, I put us into cloud cover, and then I move us up, like, to the level of the clouds and kind of... For the last, uh, you know, approach to this town, I do kind of like meander us a little bit, like, oh, I'm just a funny cloud, because <laughs> um, I want us to be nice and close before we open up on this town with a sneak attack. Make a stealth check. <laughs> oh boy, uh, can I add my flying vehicle proficiency to this? Sure. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I'll yes. allow it. Because my dex is not so great. Uh, ooh, okay. That is going to be a total of 22. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the 
the villagers below don't seem to notice anything amiss as you uh, scoot closer in your cloud cover. <laughs> just, uh, just inching on through. <laughs> and you are you are now hovering more or less directly over the village. I am. Uh, Hunched over the console going, I'll pass through the True Church patrols, right past their sonar nets. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, once we are in position, I I enter a zen-like state and prepare to dodge anti-aircraft fire, and I wait for Desmond to give the signal. Do we have B-pod bombs that we can drop? Not yet. Oh my god. No, not yet. Our bees will blot out the sun. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody remembers that but me, but that's okay. <laughs> we should work on that, though. All right. More power. What happened? I do, right. imagine, I do imagine this cloud, like, perfectly covering the sun over the... Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Open fire, though. I could... I could... And until we can get it up and upgraded, uh, conjure bees. So, oh, true. Okay, but the idea of like we don't know exactly how aggressively camouflaged this town is, but I like to imagine that, um, like down below, you have, uh, from the sky, it looks like you know a woman in a paisley dress, like walking with her child next to her and then you like zoom down to street level and it's two like grotesque thugs that are dressed up in disguises like pirates of the caribbean yeah that's that's (laughs) kind of it it's a woman and her child but it's actually like an old hag and a gnome yeah (laughs) the gnome looks up and goes mother the sun's been covered up how uncouth (laughs) all right I open fire. <laughs> Make five attack rolls for me. Tis only a cloud, my little flower. It'll pass. <laughs> and then they become skeletons. <laughs> okay. Uh, we have a wide range of attacks here. Uh-huh. Uh, the lowest is a nine. And then we go to twelve... And then 18, 26, and natural 20. Oh. Okay, here's what happens. <laughs> this cloud gently drifts in front of the sun, and the, the quote-unquote villagers below look up and, you know, continue about their, their day. And then a lance of flame blasts down out of this cloud, like holy judgment, and uh-huh. incinerates two buildings, and a fair number of townsfolk, quote-unquote. And the cloud cover burns away, and there is just this massive tree hovering in the air above the town, and more of these laser beams shoot down, uh, scorching the earth, leaving burning wreckage and ash in their wake. And the townsfolk uh, sort of gather together and form a line and they start like hucking spells up at Teliferous. Aw, cute. <laughs> um which it would be an impressive display for like a ground based army if you were a ground based army and not a tree ship. Yep. Um 
And all they've done really is make it a lot easier for Falrock to run his laser beam over them. Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> um, after about five minutes, there is nothing left but ash and rubble. And Barian, uh, is who's been leaning on a balcony watching this whole time, is like, "That's good stuff." I was about to post like I was about to post that like exact thing. <laughs> yep. God damn. Well, this is war been... has changed. Mm, it sure has. This is going to make about half my job real easy. There are some underground complexes or ones in larger populated areas that will require a more personal touch, but um. Depending on depth, on. we is, do have there, ground penetration. Is there penetration. anyone back up here, or is there like just something I can give the guns to Leyland and he can just knock them over? Like, you just hold the, the trigger beam? down so he can't change. <laughs> <laughs> now we just we need to show Barry in the shadow just oh, just once, yeah. just okay. the, the erasure beam. Well, um, so I asked Barry, and he said there were minimal tunnels, but if does he know if there were any like underground storerooms or anything at this site? Uh, he points, and as he points, um, a foundation collapses in on a basement, and just, like, there's a cloud of dust that comes up, and he says, I think you're taking care of those, too, honestly. Nice. Well, just to be sure, Leyland, why don't you, uh, why don't you give him a couple rounds? Sure, rounds, in this own. case, um, for some reason, uh, Tarjex refers to Teleferous Weaponry with, like, beer metaphors, because he doesn't know what a gun is. Of course, but, yeah. Like, he... it's like, it's like another round of drinks. <laughs> well, Desmond would have explained it in beer metaphors, so I, that tracks. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's like, well, who would know better than Desmond? Obviously, that's the correct terminology. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. I hop on in. Just one roll. Yeah, give me give me a single attack roll, please. A total of twenty-three. Okay, so Leyland spends another like three minutes just taking the top six feet off of the ground here, and a couple of small tunnels are revealed and immediately obliterated by shadow. Uh, and Barian is eating this up, like. If this was a bowl of ice cream, he would have two spoons. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yes, this is perfect. I am going to call you next time I have a, a juicy target like this one. It'll oh, hamper their operations in the area for quite some time. Um, and then once... Uh... Like once we're sure that all the gratuitous violence has been completed, um, and Desmond gives the call for you know a ceasefire, I will immediately um, turn the clouds back on and move us at like a erratic, uh, difficult to track pattern back up into the sky. Hang on, Desmond wants to put the flames out. Yeah, oh gonna, no, you're I'm right. Gonna, I'm gonna bless the gun and rain holy water down. Okay, <laughs> you bless the rains down in Africa. Yeah, <laughs> that was the name of the small town. Dear God. Um, and yeah, the the fires all go out, and there is a general sense of like holy benevolence that now occupies <laughs> this area. Does he basically make a lake? Like, hang on, if there's if there's a crater now because we burned yeah. it and then destroyed it, have we just made a lake? A very like 
muddy ash-filled lake yes okay okay we're gonna Fair. call it we're gonna name the lake it's now a uh <laughs> a land feature yeah <laughs> well honor goes to you captain we'll call it lake Leyland. Aww. there we go perfect no. that's so sweet <laughs> it's already marked on the map um <laughs> oh, God. Varian says that was excellent would you mind dropping me off uh at, at these coordinates and he gives you the coordinates it's like get to a safe house and i will make my way back to sildal from there you're still not in any way shape or form welcome yes oh no of course not wouldn't want to go there that's ever gonna uh, change but maybe someday maybe someday never when when they the true church is defeated and oh, i mean uh, look stranger things have happened it comes to light how much good we have done for this continent the unsung heroes then maybe then because of all the other places that have changed their minds because of all the other places that have changed their minds look we've got one so far look someday Leyland, we're gonna receive an award ceremony where the emperor of jux is gonna come up and place medals of valor around each of our necks and and then everything's gonna go great You'll see. The metal has a heart on one side and a star on the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a medal for outstanding violence. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you take Barian back to the location that was specified, and that's it's like a, uh-huh. a quaint little cottage in the woods. Oh, nice. Uh, he says, "You guys want to come in for a minute? I can, I can pay you a little bit for uh, direct money." Yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome, actually. We used a lot we could, of money. We could restore our coffers a little bit. We're, yeah. we're hurting a little bit for cash after killing Steinar, so... Yeah, that'd be good. It's worth it, but... Oh, so worth it. Hey, uh... And I kind of, like, shuffle a little closer to Falrock. I'm like, are we going to share our topical ointment with no. others? Okay. <clears throat> it's bad enough that we had to share it with Gaia. No, you're right. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, uh, let's step inside for a drink. Yeah, you go in, and it's it's cozy. It's it's a big cottage. Like <laughs> you go in, and Saskia's there. Well, no, but it, <laughs> and Gloria is. Huh? And Gloria oh, no. is uh, sitting at the kitchen table writing in a in a journal, and she snaps it shut when you guys. <laughs> I, I I like poorly pretend to be surprised by her being there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and Gloria didn't expect to see you here. Um, I've been in Gloria since, you know, Radar, and you didn't expect her. <laughs> well, no, that, that's why, yeah, like, I absolutely know that Gloria is here, but I have to fake it, because otherwise I have to explain to her that I have a permanent creep waypoint. Um, our relationship isn't ready for that. Barian rustles through... Um, the cookie jar and produces a, a sack that contains a thousand gold pieces and he <laughs> hands it over and he says thanks man that was that was excellent and i will be in touch with another job soon cool cool and uh, i give him a respectful double finger pistols and gloria kind of arches an eyebrow and says i see you finally decided to cater to your taste for senseless violence yeah well we've had a rough few weeks so that's reasonable. It's it's that time of year. Um, and as she says Jux-less? this... Um, what? 
as she says this, I guess I should I should note here that it is like midwinter now. Okay, yeah, it, it's it's almost Juxmas. And oh, we were gonna have a winter wedding. That would have been is so she pretty. is she judging us for oh, our yeah. violence? Yeah, well, we're not motivated at finding a a long lost family member, but well, because her violence is like delicate and subtle, like a beautiful <laughs> flower in the winter. Right. I, I didn't say that out loud, did I? She's. <laughs> you did. I've got some narration here, so shush. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um. Uh, as she as she says this, she like stands up and goes to turn on the kettle, when a a chill wind blows out of the fireplace and the candles in the cottage all get blown out. <clears throat> Wasn't me. And you hear a voice go, "You've been very naughty." Oh no! <laughs> and then Gloria is grabbed and pulled into the fireplace, and that's where we're gonna stop. Hell yes. Oh, no. I've been Joe, your host and Dungeon Master, for another thrilling D&D adventure here with the Alchemist Club. Thank you for joining us for this exciting episode. Uh, uh, if you wish to get in touch with us, you can do so at thealchemistclub88 at gmail.com or thealchemistclub88 at gmail.com. Uh, we are found wherever podcasts are sold, so feel free to... Uh, look us up, leave a review, tell your friends about us. That would be pretty excellent. Matthew, what are our socials? Find us at the Alchemist underscore club on Twitter or at the Alchemist Club on TikTok. And our intrepid adventures today were Daniel playing Chid Fleet. Hey, Hall playing Desmond. I'm Zach and I play Raining Hellfire Fall Rock. I'm Matt and I play Leyland. I'm Waffle playing Tarjux. Uh, Patreon members this month, look out for our Hatchling Blood themed advent calendar. <laughs> One mutation every day. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's like one of those things where like the last mutation is really good and the first mutation is really good, but a lot of the middle ones are like, eh. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs>